one, because I know what I'm capable of, but also I'm like, I need to go faster. Like, I need to beat my time every single time. I need to win every single time. Excellence is about standing, and excellence is a requirement for your dream come true. Welcome to Unfiltered Athletes. I'm your host, Leo. In this podcast, we go behind the scenes with world-class athletes to reveal the untold stories of their journeys. From grueling training sessions to mental strategies to achieve greatness, get ready for a raw, unfiltered look at the world of sports. On today's show, I'm fortunate to spend some time with Olympian swimmer and 2021 individual medley world champion Tessa Chepruha. Tessa explains how important it is to understand what dream you're chasing and why you're chasing it. In a constant battle to find the right mix of fun and growth and success-oriented mindset, Tessa tells us about her daily fight to keep achieving better and better world-level performances. After a tough early 2023 season, she was on a well-deserved summer break at the moment of the recording, very much looking forward to the next season. And this swimming journey started while Tessa was looking up to her sister, who's also a swimmer. She started swimming. She's the main reason why I started swimming. Um, and I think just growing up and like following her footsteps and going to the same meets as her and watching her um, and kind of setting my goals from what I saw my sister do growing up. Um, I mean, that's how I started. So those are always my first memories in the sport how old were you when you first swam or when you first remember swimming i started swimming when i was seven years okay. old is your sister still swimming today no my or sister's not no but she was swimming we both um swam in high school we both went to college for swimming um swimming's kind of been both of our like whole lives mm -hmm. Was your family into swimming or were you the first generation of uh, swimmers? No, it was just it was just my sister and I. Um, and everyone always like all my parents, friends always make jokes. They're like, oh, you guys must have been swimmers, too, because you have two swimmers at the national, international level. Um, and they're like, we have no idea where they got that from. <laughs> But yeah, it's just been my sister and I. Okay, so you followed your sister. Where did your sister have that uh, attract for for swimming then? Um, honestly, I, I don't know. We just kind of like fell into it. There is like a small team, um, near, like right by our home in like a small town. We're from Georgetown, small town. And so we kind of just started as anyone. We tried all the sports, um, like gymnastics, running and everything. And so I think swimming just kind of stuck with us for some reason. Um, and yeah, we just kind of took it as it came and fell into it as the years went by all right so, so you started swimming for fun like every mm -hmm. kid starts yes, any yeah. type of sports was there a specific moment in time when either for you and or your sister it became more than just swimming you know, on the weekend and, and stuff but when did it become really serious for you when did you realize it became something serious and it, it will be your full-time i think for me personally swimming became kind of serious and I kind of like understood and I was like okay maybe I can like kind of like set big goals for myself and like see a future for myself a little bit um I would say probably going into high school like end of middle school grade nine grade ten um that's kind of when I moved clubs a little bit like a few times growing up just because um 
kind of you kind of out swim or like out train and like you kind of grow past your team and you need to look for a, a, a faster bigger team like mm-hmm. a lot of people have that throughout their when they're growing up in school um and so I think that was the team that I went to to train with once I got into high school was kind of more serious and it took swimming just more seriously in general and so I kind of started seeing results I think I made my first junior national team in 2014 so when I was 15 years old and so then it kind of clicked I was like okay this is like it's still so much fun and I'm still having like I'm meeting all my best friends are swimmers I'm um still able to set like big goals I'm still dropping time and so um once I made kind of my first national team it kind of like hit me and I was like okay let's let's see how far I can do this like this is getting exciting all right so did you keep studying well, you necessarily kept studying until end of high school or anything but you went you said to Knoxville um so yeah was it already the focus did you go there because of the swimming team at this point or did you go there for the study and it turned out they had a good uh swimming team what was kind of what brought you there uh in the first place uh so yeah I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville um for all four years of college and I think for me personally I just wanted I wanted the whole like rah-rah American excitement for college sports and I was like that's the biggest thing that that's the biggest difference that I think a lot of athletes find between Canadian colleges and American colleges I mean it's all like personal preference and like where you are in your career um but for me I was like this is like I'm totally in the moment and I'm like I want to see like where the sport can take me and I was having so much fun so I was like I just want to experience it like not a lot of people can say that they go to like a D1 US college and like for me it was in the SEC the Southeastern Conference and so it's a super like sport oriented um conference and it's like deep competition like some of the fastest athletes and like most talented athletes from around the world who go to the states like a lot of them go to the SEC And I was like, this is just fun. I was like, it looked cool on TV and everything. So I was like, if I can be part of that, why not? Like, that's so cool. And was swimming one of the big sports at the University of Tennessee? We, we always see football, basketball, uh, hockey, whatever it might be, like sports team. But did you have, like, was there a specific focus at the University of Tennessee for, for swimming? Yeah, Tennessee has, like, a great swim program. And I'd say the last two or three kind of um, – cycles of like each four year like my class I started in 2016 and graduated in 2020 um and so I'd say kind of like the couple classes before I came we had um a really strong women's team specifically um and I mean it was just so much fun and I think I think Tennessee with throughout all the sports has like such um lofty goals and they have such like an impressive um like resume of athletes and coaches like for example the whole um story about pat summit she was a women's the women's basketball coach and she kind of like created title nine and like women in college sports and so that was just it's such a cool thing to have that connected to me being Mm -hmm. through tennessee um And yeah, the swim team's great. There's people who've made the last 
for um, I don't know how many Olympic teams. Like almost every past Olympic team, there's been somebody from Tennessee swimming and diving that's been on it. And so that's we produce a lot of like great athletes. And so I knew that going there, I would have a lot of strong teammates and impressive coaches to work with. I love how you say we produce. So it feels no, it feel like it feels like you really belong there. Uh, I do, like yeah, it's yeah. really uh, yeah. your family and your new new town, yeah. new, new place. Uh, so if you were to be hired by the Knoxville touristic department, whatever it might be, sell me in one minute Knoxville. I, I joked about it just a Knoxville. bit before the, the, the we started recording. So sell me Knoxville in a one minute pitch. I mean, it sold me when I first went there. I would. I always describe Knoxville as being cozy. <laughs> I mean, um, it grows on you. It's not the biggest. It's not a huge city, but it's not a small town. Um, it has absolutely everything to offer. Um, I honestly, when I was first there, I was not the biggest fan of country music. I <laughs> did not know much about Southern culture, but it definitely grows on you. Um, and now it feels like home. I mean, I've been there for the last seven coming up eight years um primarily i mean for school and since school's been done i've been there for swimming but knoxville as a city i mean it, it it's kept me there and i have my greatest friends there so. nice well country music actually is making a great comeback <laughs> among the, oh, that's true among true, the younger true, generation true. there's a, a big country music festival uh, up north in quebec it's called mm -hmm. saint i think and it's It was a, a, an older generation, and it seems like in the past few years there there are more and more young people. So you have a one big argument for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> younger exactly. people who have to make a choice between Knoxville or any other country, um, city. They might just <laughs> choose a, might just choose Knoxville. One other question, one one wild. Sorry, I have it in mind. Um, so I was telling Finley before that I had you right after, and I said Tessa, and it's like Tessa mm -mm -mm, saying your family name with a, an accent that My I couldn't. Last name. Yes. <laughs> How do you say that? Because I have the I'm French from France, so I have a okay. French accent. So yeah. please say it a couple times so it will grow on me. And worse comes to worse, I'll just it's take your okay. voice. Yeah. <laughs> My last name's Chapluha. Chapluha. Where's it from? It's Polish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even I can't even it's write okay. it on a phonetic <laughs> way. So okay, <laughs> it's I'll, okay. Uh, I'll uh, 9:20 ish. I'll just make sure I'll, I'll listen <laughs> to it a few times. Cool. Um, is your is it like second generation uh, immigration for you? Um, yeah, my my um, grandma and my dad, like they were the ones that kind of came over, and so I mean I've been here. I've I grew up in Georgetown my whole life. Um, And I mean, we're still living there, and so it's just yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned um, probably s five or six times it was a lot of fun uh, in Knoxville, and my question is: Do you still have the fun when you swim? You're still young, twenty-three-ish, twenty-four, twenty-four. Um, but on the elite athletes mindset, it seems like there's always a it's fun, fun, fun. Then you have you reach the elite level, your Olympic level type of stuff. And can you lose the fun? And what drives you is the goal itself, right? Without the fun. Do you still have that this fun on your daily life uh, getting into the, the pool? Oh, I'd say almost every single person that asks me about swimming says something about is it fun? Or like, do you have to take it so seriously? Like you made the Olympics now it's, it's like there's so much pressure on you. And I was like, Honestly, um, I would say almost every athlete in their career, no matter what their sport is, but I mean, swimming specifically, just because that's what I'm familiar with, I would say every athlete goes through a point um, 
where like something flips and they take it way too serious Mm -hmm. and then that's when it doesn't become fun anymore and you start i mean you make goals for yourself all the time when you're 10 12 like and you're fun because you you don't really understand you're just swimming you're just like you're with your friends um it's fun to go jump in the pool but once you kind of understand you're like okay this is like kind of serious um it's really easy to kind of lose that and i i've I mean, I've done that before. I've had some, um, I'd say this past kind of six, ten months, for me, it's kind of, it's been hard. Like, I've, I came from, I mean, since making the Olympics in 2021, and then later in that year going to the World Championships, and I was on such an incredible high. I was having so much fun. And then since there, or after World Championships, I'm like, okay, I did it once, I need to replicate that every single time I swim now. And I put this, like, huge amount of pressure on myself. One, because I know what I'm capable of, Mm -hmm. but also I'm like, I need to go faster. Like, I need to beat my time every single time. I need to win every single time. And that's not fun. And, like, it, it takes you a while. I mean, it's taken me probably 10 months to understand that that's not where, like, fast swimmers come from. And you swim your fastest, and, like, there's this, like, joke kind of saying in the swimming world, it's like, a happy swimmer is a fast swimmer, but it's true. It's, like, you swim fastest when you're kind of not thinking, and you're just, like, going for it, and, like, I have this mindset when I dive in, it's, like, why not? Just, like, just go for it, because, like, in five years' time, no one's going to remember this one swim, and so it doesn't really matter how it turns out as long as you have fun. And how did you come to that realization that you had reached the top or almost the top, like making it to the Olympics Mm -hmm. and then kind of that post-Olympic syndrome-ish? How Mm -hmm. do you came to that realization? And you said you came back from it in a sense. Um, How do you come back from it? Do you see like a sports psychologist? Is it just internal work with your own self? How do you, uh, yeah, make that happen? Oh, I think it takes, it definitely, um, you need to look outward and get as much not necessarily help because I feel like some people when they're like oh you need to go see somebody you need to get help that's such there's like sometimes a negative negative conversation or tone about that um and I think sometimes that throws people off and it kind of like makes them spiral a bit more which is unfortunate because sometimes that happens to super talented athletes but I think it's really important um because it's like you have your coach your whole time and you have your teammates. It's maybe just like view a psychologist or a sports kind of um, mentalist as another one of your teammates. Like it's not a bad thing to seek mm-hmm. uh, more assistance because that's just going to be um, more information that you can give to yourself and use it to your advantage. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd say the last, um, I'd say 10 months, I've kind of struggled with one thing I've struggled just over my whole career is my self-talk. I sometimes get in my head a lot. I'm definitely a perfectionist. I overthink absolutely everything. Um, And so I've found that when I'm not like in training, if I'm not hitting the times that I want and the repeats, like I'm not doing exactly, I could be half a second off and that's not good enough. And doing that over and over for 
weeks and months, it eats at you. Um, and then you go in to a meet and you have the slightest bit of doubt and, and then it kind of, your whole race falls apart. And so sometimes it, it hits people harder than others. But I think for me, I was getting in my head way too much and just kind of like a tiny bit of doubt was just like magnified when I step on, when I stood on the blocks for a race. Um, and so I think to overcome that, I've definitely, I've had like countless conversations with, um, all my coaches and a lot of like visualization coaches and um just like kind of reminding myself and looking at different like tech simple simple techniques of just like reminding myself why I do this and mm -hmm. I think it's like I swim because I swam when I was seven years old like this for the same reason it's just to have fun and like I love what I'm doing I love being active um I love setting goals for myself I am I'm a quiet but I think I am a competitive person and so you have to yeah oh of <laughs> course <laughs> um and so I think just reminding yourself and taking the time to remind yourself like that it can be fun again even if you are swimming at the Olympics mm -hmm. with like millions of people watching you and so have you had an, uh, like a couple of swims now where you really go there I would say hair quote uh free Mm -hmm. more than you felt a few months ago is yes. that, did you achieve that already or are you still in the process and it always can be better oh i think it, there there's never like an end to this process yeah. um i mean you feel different day to day and that like from season to season you'll feel different and so i think it's always going to be a work in progress but i think um i've definitely um been able to take a step back recently and just kind of keep it super simple and go into I had a competition last week and um, so I'm the same events that I usually do my best events like the 400 individual medley and the 200 individual medley um, and just kind of take a step back and like do it because I want to not mm -hmm. because people are making me or not because I have I need to reach this goal it's just to see what I can do in that moment and have fun yeah it's seeing how the difference between what your sport is expecting you to do yes. as an elite athlete versus yeah. what you as a person want to reach so that mm -hmm. in two years from now you can look back and say oh I did that mm -hmm. I made it and I'm proud of it because I wanted to do it not because it's just what I was supposed to do as mm -hmm. an athlete right yes that's crazy <laughs> I mean it's 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 being it's able crazy young, but it's true though yeah it's, it's, it's true. you're still super young so you have to be mature enough to be able to first realize that you're moving away from the fun and getting into the, you know, I have to do this just mm -hmm. because people want me to do it to now I'm going to act on it. Then I act on it. Then I see the results. So it's, it's like an like I said, endless pro uh, process in a sense. And you're still super young, but that's when you can reach your best result also. So mm -hmm. it's kind of time is, is kind of crucial at the, at the same time. Mm -hmm. right. um, is there, um, as of today, what's the lowest point of your career? And what's the highest point? <laughs> um, But mostly why? Is why do you feel this way would be my question. So yeah. what's the lowest, highest point, and why are they these two for you? Because they might not be the same from the external, uh, an external point of view, right? Mm -hmm. I would say, starting with my lowest point, I would say maybe my f after my first 
year at university. So kind of 2017. Um, I kind of went through, I didn't have the best first year in college. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to come, like, this is a great team. I'm going to come in and we're going to like win all of our dual meets, championship meets and everything. And I think personally, I did not reach the goals that I set for myself. And, um, I've always been really hard on myself. And so I think that really took a toll on me. And I think I, I was kind of having like a mini identity crisis, I think, in the sport at least. Um, And I think I was just, that was one of the first times that I was really in my head about not reaching my goals. Um, And it, it, yeah, it was hard. I wasn't training very well. I wasn't racing very well. Um, And I think coming out of that, I remember, like, I still remember <laughs> having, like, this one conversation with my with my club coach after, like, a really hard practice that I was just not making any of the times. <laughs> um, he pulled me out of the water, and he was like, Tess, just keep it simple. I was like, because I think um, after first, like, in my first year, I mean, you go through so many changes, you know, different training environment, different coaches, mm-hmm. you're living on your own for the first time. Um, I moved to a different country for the first time away from my parents and so I was kind of just like finding myself and I think um, it hits you like it's a big culture shock to your body and adding a whole sport a full-time sport it's hard and so I think I I didn't handle it as well as I thought I was going to and so that kind of took a toll on me but I think just being reminded to come back to the basics and it's like do what you did to get yourself there mm-hmm. so like nothing else is different you're just in a different pool <laughs> and uh, so so in that case you said it that kind of identity crisis was quite early on so mm-hmm. 17 18 ish mm-hmm. um do you think from let's say your youth and when you started to 18 17 18 it's all about like your talent and hard work and all that and from that point it becomes more about what's up there in your head and the difference between making it to the olympics to getting a medal let's say is more in the head than it is in in the body oh 100 percent. i think once you kind of get to the age where you're capable of just like realizing everything that you've been doing um and i've every single coach i've like ever worked with has also said that like championship racing and racing at worlds or the olympics it's like your body has done the work it's like whoever is mentally toughest and like has the like sternest mindset like is going to be the one that's on the podium Mm -hmm. and it's like whoever is just like in the moment whoever wants it the most um you think that getting to the olympics let's say 200 or 400 medley Mm -hmm. um there are what 24 ish or more whatever how many uh uh, series how many people do you think they all can get onto the podium in a sense oh no <laughs> so um, there, it's kind of a <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's, not, it's not fully true it's partially true that the mental will make the difference in the tenth of second exactly but make like in the final yeah. there's like top eight in the world and for for a lot of it the mental is it's like you're like holy crap i'm in the final at the olympic mm-hmm. games and like some people are like yes let's do it let's get on this podium and some people are like whoa 
this is a lot. I mean, it's fair. All your emotions are valid at the Olympics. Like it's something that happens once every four years and like only a handful of people make it. Um, And so it's okay to feel all these emotions, but it's who can kind of hone in and keep it together in that split second. And I mean, it's an art, like it's cool. It's so cool. And to hear like stories from the people who have been on the podium at the Olympics, like it's cool, but it takes like a really special person to do that. So for you, uh, you went to the Olympics 2020 slash 2021. Uh, you had a result of 14th on the 400. Mm-hmm. So my f- research is good. W- looking back now, it's only two years and mm-hmm. the next Olympics is, is next year. Um, what was missing? So you probably got physically better. Uh, but yeah, what is missing to make it an even better result next year? Oh, I'm um, like the second that I touched the wall and like saw my time and it wasn't the result that I really wanted to it was a few seconds off the time that I went to qualify for the Olympics so it was a little off my best time um like immediately after that race or actually it was like that night watching I was in the stands watching the finals and then as I was watching them walk out and swim that race I was like I'm gonna be there four years like I should I know I'm what I'm capable of um and I'm like my goal is to make it into the final which i think is so cool but it it gets me excited and i've been thinking about that for the past like three years since Mm -hmm. um and so i'm gonna definitely use that next time (laughs) so right now we're august 7th so it's almost day for day in a year from now Mm -hmm. uh, paris so what is what is your plan until then um whether it be in terms of pure competitions and all that and also what you think is missing um or what what do you want to reach before getting there um i the past um i'd say last half of the past season like six ten months um even though it's been hard i have put in some i need to give myself credit i have put in a lot of good hard work and i have a fantastic support team where i am training in knoxville um we have like a handful of people who are on Um, Olympic teams for all around the world and so I have an amazing group to train with um, and amazing coaches and so I think just taking full advantage of all everything that I have down there um, and just coming in like day in day out putting my head down and doing the work like I know what it takes to make the Olympic team I made it before and so um, just making it doing it the same but doing it a little bit better and what is better um I think I think a lot of it comes from like belief and like I can see myself in the final at, at the Paris Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, I would say uh, there's a, a word for that. Um Oh, I, I lost it, but you think about it so much that it's just it, going to yes, happen. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, I lost the, the word, even in French. So <laughs> anyway, um, so you were um, here swimming a few meters away from here uh, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, physically, mentally, how how was it? And are you on track to you know, getting better, as you said, as a whole? Um, yeah, I'm extremely happy with my results the past week. Um it was fun. It was, I mean, it's always fun to see friends and old teammates again, but I think I'm in a really good spot. I've My goal kind of for this past uh, week was to just let go and race and just have fun. It's the last meet of 
this like 2022 2023 season and so I wanted to end off um how I want to start next season and just um like swim free and not care about what other people might think even though they're not gonna I'm the only one that's putting pressure on myself and um creating that like narrative in my head um and so I think just um getting used to swimming for myself again did it feel differently in the pool being free like you said or yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) it's kind of weird it like the way I describe it sometimes is when I'm feeling like I mean when I feel great and when I can like swim my fastest and I'm when I'm kind of um in a good headspace it feels like I'm wearing like fins and flippers like I'm going way like so fast and I feel really light on the water and then sometimes when I'm uh in my head a lot and I'm like worried or just like kind of down it feels like I'm swimming with a parachute on like it feels like I'm just dragging through the water and so it it, I don't know if it actually is a physical difference but it (laughs) kind of well elite ease is for you you say it's it's flying in the water versus having a parachute mm-hmm. but it, in the end it might be on the 200 it might be one second different exactly. or something but, it but it's just that yeah. feel in the water exactly. was just saying there's that thing the feel yes. with the water that yes. if you're not a swimmer you can only say it's a feeling but once you're in the water you know yourself is what it, it yeah. uh, really is yeah uh, so just to contextualize because we jumped right into deeper questions but so you uh, specialize in the medley Mm-hmm. Can you explain what it is? <laughs> I know what it is, but it's uh, just to qualify uh, the discussion. So my best event is the 400 individual medley. And so in a long course, 50 meter pool, um, it's two laps of each stroke, butterfly backstroke, breaststroke, freestyle. Why? The medley for you? <laughs> Wh- why? Because it's, uh, is it because you are good enough in all of them? Uh, is that because you had one where you were excellent but not in the 99 percentile but more than 97 percentile yeah what brought you to medley probably as you start as a young swimmer you do everything so there are some people that will stay in the everything other will specialize what what is what how was it for you um my i started my career more so in like distance freestyle i did some open water events i did like a 5k and a 10k race um and i swam the 800 and the 1500 a lot when i got when i was growing up and so i think um, having that distance background over the years, I've kind of found that like the 400 is my sweet spot of distance. Um, and I've always loved, I mean, I couldn't tell you like there's always from year to year growing up in high school, I've like my quote best stroke has always changed. And so I've kind of always trained all four strokes and I've always just like raced it. And I think that's the one that just kind of clicked. I mean, it's fun. It's for me, I'm, very much biased but it's my favorite um event to watch because you have all four strokes and so you see everybody's strength and so like in the lead in a tight race the lead will change it could change four different times because there's four different strokes and so i think it's cool to watch and swimming it i know all the hard work that it takes to train all four strokes really well and so i i'm very much biased (laughs) but it's my favorite would it's would you say it also keeps the boredom away? Because, I mean, if you specialize in the 100 freestyle or whatever, you, it's every single day the same thing mm-hmm. when you're in the water. But for you, you kind of navigate between four different strokes. So it, does that keep also a bit of the... You have four specialties that you have to train for. In, in training, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm swimming in 
for example, I do distance freestyle sets on two days of the week. I do breaststroke sets two days of the week. And I do, I flip flop between all kind of groups. And so I'm, I have like probably the most training partners out of everybody because I go from group to group to group, which is great. Um, but yeah, it keeps it interesting. It's hard work. Um, a lot of people say that the 400 IM is one of the hardest events in swimming. Um, I'm definitely, I wouldn't say I'm biased on that. I've, I swim, I swim all the events, so I know that this one's the hardest, but, um, no, I think it's for me personally, I, I love it because I get to train everything. Are you, if there was one stroke that you had, or or, are you better? You said you, Mm -hmm. you, we did long distance. Uh, are, are you national level, elite level in one specific stroke or, or no? I would say my best, my two best strokes just individually are breaststroke and freestyle. I think freestyle has always been like a strong suit of mine. Um, but in the past few years, I've been working a lot on my breaststroke and I've been racing that individually um, and dropping time in my breaststroke events. And so I love like obviously keeping touch with my butterfly and backstroke, but my strongest would be the breaststroke. Okay. Um, Now, looking forward in four years from now, uh, then looking back, what would you say at that point you will consider success? Four years from now? Two years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like success. Define success for you. Okay. Personal, Um, professional, both. What would you say I'm proud of that if you were to look back? Um, I would say success for me, um, I try not to make, um, like materialistic goals, like win a gold medal at this meet. Like that's obviously great. And I do have those types of goals for myself, but I don't think that is what I would consider success. I, I have goal times that I've made for myself like five years ago that are still my goal times that are that when I first made them were quite lofty compared to how I was swimming before but I think deep down I always knew that I was capable about capable of doing that and I think like chipping away over the years like I'm getting closer and closer to those goals and so I think honestly if I reach them great if I don't reach them I would consider it still successful if I and gave it my absolute all mm-hmm. and I squeezed every bit of like help that I got over the years and just like push myself to the absolute like most and yeah. so yeah it's yeah it's just life personal professional it's it's mm-hmm. what's tricky is because like you said you you might you might want to reach a, um, a specific goal like getting a medal or getting mm-hmm. anything but you don't want to work hard for 10 years or five years whatever and not be able to reach that and say then it's Everything a failure is, yeah exactly. but at the same time if you don't you know look forward to something you don't work as hard probably yes. so is it's, it's yeah. a fine balance of being able to say if i reach it it's definitely success but if i don't reach it it might also be success but in just a, dif- a different uh, a different way because you don't want to waste 10 years of your life just chasing something yes. and not s- not achieving it and say oh well well that's 10 years of garbage now <laughs> i'm it's gonna find yeah. someone else something yeah. else uh to do um 
So the non-sports stuff, so you studied in uh, in Knoxville, um, you graduated in sustainability and, no, geology and environmental studies, so sustainability yes. oriented. Yes. Um, is that something that you have at heart? Um, and are you already thinking of what might come next once you've done what you have to do in, in swimming? Um, yeah, I've always been interested in environmental science, like growing up as a kid, I I always said I was like lucky. I knew what I wanted to major in in university because people switch so many times. But yeah, environmental sciences, it's always been something that I've loved and wanted to get into. Um, do I have a specific career that I want? No, not yet. I don't know yet. Um, I think I'm going to kind of evaluate where I'm where I am once I'm done swimming. And if I need to go back and get a master's or do other types of schooling, I will. I think I want to just save all of that for when I'm done swimming. I want to enjoy what I'm doing right now, um, like professionally and just like keep it as like not put too much on my plate right now. Um, cause I'm, I'm going to swim for the next like few years, but I mean, a few years goes fast. And so I want to just enjoy it as it is. Um, and then after none, so mean, I'll <laughs> kind of evaluate where I am and go back to school or look mm -hmm. into getting a job. And so retirement, like you said, you have many more years, but mm -hmm. what f today, what do you think will be your trigger for retirement? Will it be performance of being here? Will it be I'm done with it? Will it be mentally you're not strong or motivated enough anymore? Um, do, do you know that or uh, do you have like a hint of what might, you know, someday uh, just tell you it's it's you're done? I think, I mean, it, it's different for everybody. And sometimes you kind of, you set a date, like an end date for yourself. And that's when you end. Or for other people, it's your body tells you, okay, I'm done. I need a rest. And so I think for me, right now, I feel fine. I feel like more motivated than ever. I feel, I'm feeling like really strong in the water. And so right now I'm shooting for swimming until like 2028 um, and the next Olympic cycle. And so I want to give myself ample time to um, just continue training, go to way more meets, get as much as I can under my belt, um, continue traveling with swimming and creating a lot of connections and relationships through swimming because that's what I've, I love doing right now. And so I want to, I don't want to cut it short. Um, and so I'm giving myself ample time to kind of feel it out and let things go as it comes so you might want to also continue in the swimming world once you're uh you're done with it um so some people just maybe completely yeah. cut. some people want to stay in the sport um a lot of my friends um from university they've gone straight into coaching positions and i think that's like fantastic for them i think that's so i think it's great if you can get into coaching as soon as you're done swimming because everything is so fresh in your mind and mm -hmm. you know exactly what they're training for um you're not too far removed from that and so i think that's great i think i think i have a lot of experience and knowledge to give to younger swimmers and i love doing that and so i think i could i don't see myself completely being removed from the sport i don't know if i'll go straight into coaching but i definitely want to give back and help the younger generation that's that's a good good objective yeah. do you start already like training or or giving back like you say do you start do you start did you start training um younger 
younger uh, swimmers already? Uh, no, I've not, never coached or I've done some clinics and some um, just like small camps, like some camps helping just like a little bit here and there. But I definitely want to get more involved with that because um, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing what like little kids are capable of they always have so many questions and I mean it's it's a great feeling when they look at you with like just wide eyes and they're just like oh, that's cool and I'm like that's cool for me to say that that's what you want to be one day <laughs> and so um, I definitely want to get into it a bit more okay interesting <laughs> um, so you said you're off for since yesterday for a few weeks yes what does Tess do when she's off <laughs> when not I'm swimming. off, um, <laughs> not set put or step foot on a pool deck. <laughs> okay. um, not But you're here at the TPA I SC am. <laughs> today. Thank you for <laughs> making an exception. Um, yeah, usually on my time off away from the water, I'm just like enjoying. I mean, it's summer. I'm heading back down to Knoxville soon. And so enjoying the warm weather while it's still warm. Um, seeing a lot of my friends, I'm kind of at this sad age where all my friends are moving off and mm-hmm. starting careers of their own. And so they might be moving to a new city. And so just kind of spending time with as many as my friends right now as I can. Um, that's kind of, I'm gonna, that's how I'm gonna spend my summer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> how long do you stay here in, in Toronto? I'm here for three more days. Okay. Oh, wow. So it's short, short driving, visit. Driving back to Knoxville. Driving back to How long? It's not that bad. It's 12 hours. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was more. Just checking them. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's for, oh yeah, okay. Well, it's a nice trip. On your own? My mom is coming with me this time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you drive? What car? Yeah. Because I, I have a car rental company, so I'm just interested about <laughs> cars in general as well. I drive a Honda Civic. Okay. Is it? Okay. <laughs> D- nothing, just, just curiosity. Um, I'm not a writer, but if I were to, were to write your biography and I asked you uh, what title should it have, What would be the title of your book? Oh. <laughs> like my accomplishments or no, no, it's, just it's the title the of a book about me? It will be. So that's your biography. Mm-hmm. And it has a title, which is then in subtitle is like the life of this. What's the, the main title of the book? Philosophical. Um, oh, I've never thought about that. I'm not writing a book about you, just... No, it's <laughs> just okay. <so> <laughs> um, I would... I've always kind of considered myself a little bit of an underdog. Um, I've... I mean, growing up, I've always... Um, had to work my way into getting a spot on like a national team or getting myself on the podium. I've always come like from behind in all the age groups, like just growing up, I've always been like second or third. I've never, I was never the star of my age group, um, which is fine. But, and also it kind of, that's also kind of how I swim my events in the, I am the, like my strongest, strokes are the breaststroke and freestyle and so, so it's the two. second half of the race yeah. and so usually um not always but sometimes I'm have to come from behind to win the race and and so it that's just how I've always swam my event and honestly it's I think it's more fun <laughs> I don't purposely do it I'm not yeah, purposely yeah. behind at the beginning but um it's fun 
to see and also to feel um, like a win when you knew you came from behind. And so maybe something about being an underdog or okay. that. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, where should listeners follow you? Are you uh, you're active on Instagram, I think, which yes. is where I uh, wrote to or found uh, found your contact. But yeah, where else should people uh, follow you? And is that something that's important to you as well? That kind of your image and uh, what people see and know about you? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I've trying to been the last couple of years. I've I'm trying. I've tried to been more active on social media, mainly just Instagram. Um, I think it's cool when athletes are like constantly posting like the highs and the lows of their career um and so yeah my instagram is t-e-s-s-c-i-e-p just the last or the first four um letters of my last name (laughs) um so yeah that's where i'm most active Okay, good that people don't have to uh, uh, say your name out loud. (laughs) No, spell it by writing, that's fine. (laughs) Say it out loud, it's a bit tougher. Um, If there was one uh, Canadian athlete that you think would have an interesting story to tell that you would like to hear um, in a a setup like this one, who would that person be? Um, The one, it's another swimmer. I would recommend talking to Javier Acevedo. Um, He is from just outside of Toronto. He's from Ajax area and he has a cool story. He went to Rio and Tokyo. Um, and yeah, he's gone through kind of the highest of highs and the, a lot of, a lot of lows. And so, um, I think he has a really cool story and he's in a really great spot right now. He works for RBC with like the RBC Olympian program. Mm -hmm. And so, He's done some really, really cool things with his career, and I think he has some great stories to tell. Nice. So I'll try to reach out. Daniel, uh, Javier Acevedo. Yes. It's very uh, Portuguese. No? Yes. Sounding. Um, cool. The last question that I always ask is, um, so I'm building up north what I w- want to call a museum of sports. It's uh, still at, at its beginning, but it have to start somewhere um and i asked all the athletes that i have here if they um, have anything from their career um any gear that they've uh, used or not in competition training uh, that they could add uh, to the museum so is there something that comes to mind yes i brought one with me sorry it's similar to finley um i brought a bathing cap that um that we get on the national team perfect that, that's yes. wonderful and i'm gonna ask the same question that i asked uh, finley is how do you put that on because i have long I hair mean, it doesn't really you, show same as me i have extremely long hair like cut last week <laughs> but i never managed so i always go to the pool i go like once every two three weeks mm-hmm. but i put like a stronger elastic in my in my hair and i mm-hmm. tie it super hard but i never managed to, to put it on so how would you <laughs> put it on? I'll just I hold the mic for you. Oh, uh, no, because no. you have your <laughs> n- hair untied right now. But yeah, what's the technique? Uh, Finley, which ha- who has like short, uh, Super medium hair. Super short hair, yeah. Uh, short hair, you said? He has shorter hair. Oh, yeah, shorter, but yes. it's not like short, short. Yeah. Like anyone, any other guy, I would say. So he showed me a technique. What's your technique? Because I want to be able to put on, put one on next time. Oh, gosh. I mean, I put my hair just in a tight bun at the very back of my head. And then... Just put it on quick. <laughs> so you stuck it here. I'm on it's the only, front, and then and I it just <laughs> rip it back, and uh, hopefully okay. it goes on properly. <laughs> All right. So I have two expert, uh, um, yeah, advice. So next time <laughs> I won't have any excuse but to uh, to succeed at doing <laughs> it. Um, what can we wish you? 
any one thing we can wish you for the next month or the next year anything if we have to um damn i don't have this word um manifest if we have to manifest something for you what is it oh um this is not swimming related but next month is my birthday month <laughs> so you wish me happy birthday well, what date <laughs> the 24th of september okay perfect so uh, uh well i'll take a note of that <laughs> so, uh, it's uh, i think it's uh, it can be a bad luck if you wish it in advance so uh, I'll okay okay <laughs> okay so happy birthday in uh month and a half from perfect now. awesome thank you tessa for your time that was great love your story and i will see you on tv and we'll see you on the olympics <laughs> thank you good. yeah thank you so much bye if you're still here it's probably because you liked the episode right so if you want the podcast to grow and get more exceptional athletes you can play your part by following us on your favorite podcast platform and on Instagram at unfiltered.athletes. It really helps us. And until next time, enjoy life!